Hi, I'm Jason, the creator and sound engineer of The Grey Rooms. I want to take this time to thank those who help make this possible, our patrons. Your support is so very much appreciated, and it is that support that helps keep this show moving along. Thank you so very much. If you want to become a patron, just go to patreon.com forward slash the gray rooms or check the show notes for the link. We could never fully express to you how truly grateful we are for your support. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And with that being said, season one, episode two is brought to you by Amy Nikolai, Alexei Gladilovich, Jacqueline Coles, Jim Powell, Stephen, Scotty, Maria Herrera, and John Dillavu. Thanks to all the patrons who supported us throughout the entire creation of the preseason and the opener. And thank you to the new members of our patron family who brought you this episode. With that being said, let's begin. You wake on a hard, cold floor. So cold, it burns your skin. The air smells of sulfur and ash. Your head throbs. Your mouth is dry. You have no idea how you got here. Panic sets in. Fear becomes terror. What have you done? What brought you to this place? It doesn't matter. Because now, you belong to the Grey Rooms. gone through the door that I was ordered to choose, and I found myself in a war. But soldiers weren't the half of it. There were millions of those vicious little vermin bastards. I could feel them biting and clawing at me. I couldn't breathe. I felt like I died. But it wasn't me that died. That's what I was trying to tell myself. It was all a bad dream. Right? 
So why was I still in this room? Light bulb, table, cold floor, same as before. There was something on the table. I don't remember it being there last time. There was a sheet covering it. I wanted to go through the door across the room, but I was curious now. What was being hidden under the sheet? Good morning, Raymond. There was that voice again. I felt my skin crawl. This was the voice that made me go through that terrible door. Who are you? Your new best friend. Are you ready to pick a door today? What? No. And I, I, I want answers. Who are you? And what is hidden on that table? Oh, that. A little souvenir for you. You died admirably last time. Thought you should be rewarded. This all sounded like some sort of sick experiment. I wasn't about to be Pavlov's dog, but then again, maybe I was. I felt an overwhelming sense of dread fill my gut as I pulled back the sheet. That's a rather disappointing reaction, Raymond. I thought you'd rather like the past. Ah, get that thing away from me! Get rid of it! Go into the next room, Raymond. It'll not be there. Try to have a little backbone. You're going to be facing all sorts of unpleasant things, my friend. I found myself desperately rushing to the door. I could feel the rat's unwavering stare from behind. They had killed all of those people. Where were they now? Was this one of them or was this just some sick joke? I had trouble opening the door. My hands were shaky. It wasn't just a cold. I was having trouble drawing air. Forget how to open the door, Raymond. I cursed under my breath. I don't know who this person was, but I swore I would kill the son of a bitch. The voice was right. The rat was gone when I stepped into the room. Just like before, It was identical to the one where I woke up. And just like before, there were two doors across the room and two keys waiting for me on the small table where the rat cage had been. Good. Now choose the door, Raymond. I don't want to. In case you haven't noticed, I don't give a rat's ass what you want, Raymond. You're enjoying this, aren't you? No, I have a job to do. That is to send you on your merry little way through a door that will destroy you. If you try to delay my job, I will pick a door for you and you will die just the same. There's nothing to bargain or bribe with. 
Underground. There is no escape, no mercy. Pick a door. Go to hell! Are you refusing to choose a door, Raymond? Why don't you come down here, show yourself, and find out? control over my body. I, I screamed and cursed and tried to fight whatever had held me against my will, but I was frozen in place. And that's when I realized that I was sliding forward towards the opened door. I, I could see some sort of light on the other side of it. I fought with everything I had, but it wasn't enough. It was like magic, I thought. Some kind of Dark, evil, magic, and I knew I was going to die. I can't tell you exactly when I was born, but I can tell you why. My human. She, a blonde, straight-haired, innocent little girl, and me the only stuffed animal she ever owned. I was given to her at birth by an older human who has long since been dead. I know that is not when I was born though. No, I didn't come alive until she was at the age she is now, when life became too hard for her to process and bear on her own. It was her need for my companionship and my protection that gave me life. I knew this from the first time I opened my eyes and saw her staring back at me above those pale, freckled cheeks. <laughs> it's not fair. I didn't do anything wrong. Her hand wiped away the small stream of water that was making its way to her chin. She told me of how her dad, the big, hairy human, had gotten drunk again. Coming into her room to the sound of her playing with me, he'd gotten angry and slapped her across the face. She had done this before, her mom usually ignoring the matter or standing in the doorway, drunk herself, and yelling about how bad of a child she was and how she deserved it. This time, though, he didn't stop at a single slap. This time, though, her mom didn't just yell drunkenly. This time, the two of them took turns slapping her all over her body until their hands hurt and her skin was red and tender. Raised finger and palm shapes littered her exposed arms and neck. This time, they laughed at her as she lay in a ball on the floor, knees to her chest, crying. Her tiny hands trembled as she recounted the story to me. If I could have cried, I would have, right along with her. I was alive, but I still couldn't do anything but observe and listen. And this was my first taste of heartache.
that night was also my first experience with fear. Not fear from big humans, but fear from God. Large drops of rain slammed against the small window in our room, much too high above our heads to really see anything but the heavens. The entire sky lit up. A web of electricity shot across it, illuminating the room. It cast dancing shadows from outside, across the walls and the ceilings. This, I found to be quite beautiful. The way the light would come to life with flashes of blue, yellow, white. It was what came after that shook me and my human to the core. Moments after the explosion of beautiful streams of lightning, the pressure in the room felt like it was closing in on us, with a sound so loud it shook the walls around us. The concussive force was so strong, it pushed the door shut with a thud. It was only when my human pulled me into her arms, pressing her lips against my plastic black nose, that I began to feel safe again. It's only lightning and thunder. Another flash of near-blinding light flooded the room once more, followed more quickly by what sounded like the crash of a mountain being ripped from the earth herself. blanket over our heads. A makeshift tent held up by a broken broomstick. This became our safe zone together, a place away from the storms that always seemed to tear the world apart. She would hold me tightly, snuggled between her arms and her heart. I can never lose you. You're my special teddy, and you'll keep me safe. After that first day, it became a regular occurrence for mom and dad to come into our room and berate us both with their hands and whatever else they might find to use. Dad would scream, You're so fucking useless! Followed quickly by a loud slap of his large hand, landing somewhere violently on my human's body. Do you enjoy this? Mom scoffed. Making us hurt you like this? She picked up the broom handle and brought it down hard towards my girl. She instinctively held me in front of her for protection. The broomstick slammed violently into my face, forcing me onto the floor. I heard a snap of a small finger breaking from the force. The swing continued, stopping only when it met my human shoulder. She screamed from the pain, gripping her broken finger with the opposite hand. Mom and Dad both became even more angry with her, telling her that it was her fault and that now they would have to foot the bill for a visit to the emergency room. And you keep your little mouth shut. Dad said as the four of us walked into the ER. Mom was holding me as some sort of threat of destruction if my little girl decided to tell.
dad told the doctors the story of how my human got into a scuffle with others her age at the park up the road from the house. He said that during this little fight, his poor sweet, little, poor girl sweet little girl took a fall off of the top of the jungle gym, breaking her finger and hurting her shoulder. The parents of those little shits are going to be looking at a lawsuit after this, he added, forcing tears into his eyes to add to the performance. He even went so far as to kiss her on the head to add a sense of caring. As if you actually care, I thought, watching the performance from the woman's lap. It looked as if she was cradling me in her arms lovingly, but in reality her fingernails were digging into my fur. There were no other kids! I wanted to scream at the doctor. They did this! They hurt my human! The words echoed in my head, but only in my head. No one could hear me, no matter how hard I tried. Their deed, their secret, was kept quiet inside of my human and inside of me. I hated them with every thread that held me together. The one good thing about a broken bone was that the beatings would stop. For a while, anyway. Instead, Mom and Dad would focus their tortures on me. They knew that hurting me was the next best way to cause my human pain without having to worry about returning to the ER anytime soon. What they didn't know was that I did feel the pain of their tortures. I discovered a lot about myself during these times. Mom once removed my limbs, all four of them, slowly and one at a time. She did this in front of my human for making too much noise while she was trying to take a nap. I could feel each thread snap as she pulled, fraying my seams. It was like fire being injected into each one of my nerve endings. Once a limb was removed, I could still feel the blinding pain in both my body and the limp appendage she so casually tossed aside. This was when I found out that once the pain became too much for me to take, I blacked out. My human wept for me that day and prayed to anyone who would listen that I would be fixed. Please, God. Please don't let my teddy die. Her tears soaked the fur on my broken body. He's the only thing I have. She fell asleep beside me after having reassembled my body the best that her tiny hands could. My stuffing was falling out from between the seams of my torn body. When the two of us awoke the next morning, my arms and legs had somehow been reattached to my body. The excruciating pain had subsided, but my seams were a bit sore. My human glowed with glee. She grabbed me up in her soft arms and gave me a squeeze. The new cast on her wrist dug into the twine of my newly attached tail. It hurt, but I didn't care. Her embrace was enough to dull the pain. I knew you were my special teddy. She whispered in my ear behind tears of joy. A week later, Dad, in a drunken fit, 
took his fillet knife to my stomach. No! My human screamed and no! cried as mom held her back, forcing her to watch. The knife penetrated the soft cotton cloth of my stomach and no! found its way through the tangled fluff of my guts. He wrenched upward, ripping no! me unevenly down the middle. I know you're a fucking friend you're not telling us about. The two of them almost in chorus together. A little idiot like yourself could never have fixed this bear after what I did to it. Spittle flung from Mom's mouth as she spoke. After all that we do for you, you're going to sit here and lie to us? Let's see you try and fix it after your dad gets finished with it. A malicious smile stretched across her face. Before everything went black, Dad managed to split me open completely. He then began to pull out my stuffing in tiny clumps. Each lump of my insides he pulled out, I could feel with excruciating clarity. I screamed inside, begging for it to stop. I cried invisible tears and prayed for the blackness to come and save me from this. It did come, eventually. The only relief I had was in knowing that this was not happening to my human. Tears blanketed her pale white cheeks, each one created in betrayal and love. The warmth of the sun landed on my face and woke me. It took a few days for me to come back after that, but somehow, I felt different. Something was different this time. My whole body felt weird. My whole body felt different. I moved my arms to reposition myself. I moved my arms, I thought to myself. My human was going to be so excited when she saw that I could move. I spent the day practicing my newly found gifts for when she would return from school. Walking was the hardest to get down, but thanks to my human having practiced walking with me, I picked it up fairly quickly. So fast, in fact, that I soon found myself running, spinning, and dancing around the room in a while. When I heard my human open the front door, I crawled onto the bed and lay back still, pretending nothing had changed. Mom and Dad must have been in particularly bad moods, because before she could shut the door, they were already screaming at her. Teddy? The door to the bedroom opened, and my human eased into the room. She immediately saw me laying there on the pillow. Dropping her book bag, she hurriedly shut the door and ran to the bedside. My teddy! She exclaimed, <laughs> half whisper, half shouting. <laughs> Dad's voice tore through her giggles, but did nothing to the happiness on her face. She was quiet for a moment, eyes fixed on the door to see if he was coming. After a few moments, she gave her attention back to me. Only now, I was sitting up. <gasps> she let out a gasp and nearly fell backwards. When she regained her ground, I stood up, spun around, and took a bow. 
Her eyes seemed to grow twice as big with this, and her smile was so big that the corners of her mouth nearly touched her ears. She jumped up and grabbed me, squeezing me harder than she ever had before. And this time, I could squeeze her back. Taking me by the arms, she began to giggle and spin us around. Ring around the rosy. She started to sing. Her excitement began to overcome her fear of dad. Pocket full of posies. She spun us around faster as she sang. We all fall down. She threw us both back onto the bed at the end. I rolled over and nuzzled her nose with mine, and she let out a giggle as pure as an angel's. Our fun was cut short by Dad's enraged screams. His heavy footsteps grew louder as he stomped towards our room. My human hurriedly stood and hid me behind her back right as the door slammed open. He stood there, heaving his chest in and out with furious breath. Drool foamed at the corners of his mouth, bubbling with each breath he took. His eyes were wild and lit with fire. His face was much the same, contorted with rage. The bulging vein pulsing across his forehead and red cheeks gave him more the appearance of a demon than of a man. He held the broken broomstick in his hand, knuckles white from his grip. My human yelped at the sight of him. What's that behind your back? Eyes widening, he lunged forward and grabbed me from behind her back. Mom yelled from the other room. She's got that fucking bear again. Calling back towards the room to Mom, who soon appeared in the doorway. Lying little shit. She said once she saw me. That is it! Dad's rage began to peak. He drew up his hand, holding the broomstick across the opposite shoulder. The reflection of the light shone on his glossy eyes, making them glow. With a wild animal-like howl, he brought it down, hard as he could across the side of my human's head. She screamed. <laughs> One of her eyes went up and to the left. The other stayed looking forward. Her fingers began to twitch uncontrollably as she reached out towards me. My... Teddy... She stuttered the words, almost intangible. Her voice was consumed with a horrific sense of helpless fear. Dad's eyes glossed over, and his arms went limp at his sides. I fell from his grip and he turned and left the room. Mom, mouth agape, shut the door to follow him. My human looked down at me. Her pupils filled her eyes, leaving them devoid of the beautiful emerald green they normally showed. Her face twitched and jerked, the corner of her lip moving up and down rapidly. I could see the indentation where the broomstick had made contact with her head. Blood began to run down the side of her face. She took a shaky step towards me and fell to the ground. I crawled to her side, my fur matting together from the blood that began to form a puddle around her head. Her mouth began to open and close rapidly, and she made gasping sounds for breath. Then, her body began convulsing violently, throwing her arms wildly around the floor. 
blood splashed, leaving shiny red speckles on me. Then she stopped moving. Her chest sunk in, releasing the low gurgle of a final dying breath. Her body was still then, her eyes fixed on something too far away to ever see. I could hear mom and dad arguing about what to do with the girl, with my human. She, she deserved it. You, you saw that. The dad said, desperation in his voice. Well, we'll just make something up like always. I need a drink. I need a hard drink. Glasses clinked and rattled as he fumbled through the cabinets for his whiskey. Pour me one, too. A big one. Mom's voice was shaky. I sat in my human's blood, stroking her blood-soaked hair and quietly sobbing for hours. I sat there until every bit of pain and sadness I felt transformed into rage. My fur grew hot, and suddenly I knew what I had to do. They took away my only reason for living, so I was going to take away their lives in return. By the time I made this decision, the two of them were already blackout drunk. Dad on the floor in the living room. Mom spread out on their bed. Taking a few extension cords, I bound Mom's hands and feet to the bedpost while she slept. I secured a pair of underwear in her mouth with a belt, careful not to wake her up. Making sure she would not be able to escape, I made my way to the kitchen. The fillet knife, previously used to mutilate my own body, was on the counter. I grabbed it and walked over to the utility drawer. There, I picked up a hammer and the biggest nails I could find. I couldn't have Dad getting away either, and I had just ran out of extension cords for tying. Surprisingly, I was able to nail both of his grimy, fat hands to the floorboards and started working on a foot by the time he actually woke up. The whiskey was still sharp on his breath. He screamed as I delivered the last drive of the nail, securing his foot to the floor. His free leg flailed around as he tried to get himself up. The narrow blade of the fillet knife reflected the TV with twisting blue and yellow lines. Dad wrenched and screamed in terror. I don't know if he was more afraid of the knife or more afraid of a walking teddy bear. His eyes darted from me to the blade, then back to me. I cocked my little fuzzy head to the side and furrowed my brow. Yeah, I'm alive. Even though I couldn't actually talk, my expression relayed the message well enough. I jammed one of his dirty socks into his mouth to quiet his screams a little bit. He kicked his free leg in the air. I could hear Mom's muffled screams and the rattling of a bedpost from the other room. She must have woken up at the sound of Dad's screams. Don't worry, Mom. I'll come see you soon. 
I don't know if he could see it, but I felt a smile spread across my face as I dug the knife into his leg. Burying it deeper and deeper until I hit the bone. Muffled cries of agony threatened to escape his mouth as I pulled the blade down the length of his leg, stopping at the knee. The skin and muscles split, leaving a deep canyon of red waterfalls and fatty bubbly froth. He stopped swinging his leg as I started to carve away the muscle from the skin and bone. Sweat and tears soaked his hair and face, with his whiskey drool forming a thick, foamy puddle around the base of his head. As he began to beg and plead for me to stop, I slowly pushed the knife into the thigh of his other leg. I did the same thing to both of his arms. Even after he lost consciousness. Even after he bled out. Even after his last breath. I continued until all of his insides were piled up neatly beside him the way he piled my insides beside me. My arms and feet were stained red and slid across the floor as I made my way to the bedroom. It was Mom's turn. Mom's eyes spread wide open as I stood in the doorway, my shadow falling over her outstretched body. Blood dripped from my paws and feet and squished with each step I took towards her. After pulling myself up onto the bed, I motioned to my arms and legs, and then I motioned to hers. She knew immediately what I planned to do, because she'd already done the same thing to me not two weeks before. I made slow work of removing her arm, the knife blade slipping and missing the joint to separate it from her shoulder. Her body shook wildly as I worked. Somehow, she wiggled the belt from her mouth and began to scream for help. Although screaming was often a regular event in this household, her cries were sure to catch the attention of someone. She remained conscious after I finished the arm and started on her leg. Her voice was hoarse now, a raspy whisper. Desperation and an utter loss of hope began to enter the sound of her voice. She went limp once the first leg was removed and didn't move again as I finished removing her other two limbs. Once I was finished, I crawled my way out of the room. My fur and my stuffing had grown blood-soaked, and it was too heavy for me to walk on two legs. The trail of blood followed me to the side of my human's body, where I stopped to rest my head on hers. Police sirens whirled not far off. Someone must have called them. It didn't matter to me. I no longer had a purpose for living. Banging knocks and yells came from the front door, and red and blue lights shone through the window. It was time for sleep now. It was time to go see my human again. 
wherever her soul was waiting for me. I Loved My Human by Mike Lee. You can follow Mike Lee on Twitter at Mr. Mike Lee is me. The teddy bear was voiced by Sarah Ruth Thomas. You can follow her on Twitter at Sarah Ruth Voice at Sarah with an H. The little girl was voiced by Victoria Wan. You can follow Victoria Wan on Twitter at Victoria Wan 21. Both of the wonderful parents were voiced by Christina Wilson as the mother. You can follow her on Twitter at Riding That Wave. And I, Jason Wilson, voiced that ever-loving, wonderful, award-winning father. You can follow me on Twitter at Audio Torment. The Teddy Bear was created by Mediogre. You can follow him at Mediogre Stories. The additional artwork was created by Cassie Pertit. Audio production and sound editing was by me, Jason Wilson. And let's not forget, the additional scoring and sound design was by J.M. Scherf. Feel free to follow him at J.M. Scherf Music. Also, right now, we are currently taking submissions for Season 2 Stories. Feel free to drop by thegrayrooms.com and drop your story in if you'd like to hear us make it into an audio nightmare. You have until March 1st. So, that's quite some time. Thank you for listening to Season 1, Episode 2 of The Grey Rooms. See you in two weeks. <laughs>